Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, farmers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point through the good times and the bad. We discuss what motivates them every day and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on Cooking the Books, we have Olivia Sutton, the owner of Harper & Blom Cheese Shop. She's also a judge at the Dairy Australia National Awards and also at the Australian Fine Food Awards. She chats all things cheesy. She explains what cheese is and how it came about, as well as which cheeses are a must to try and some tips when purchasing cheese. Olivia is very passionate about great quality cheese, how it's handled, how it's looked after and make sure the customer gets the highest quality product. That It was really educational for me, and I hope you all enjoy it. And today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by City Larder, the charcuterie specialists focusing on terrines, pâtés and rillettes for the retail market and food service here in Australia. Now, over to the show. Okay, thanks very much, Olivia, for doing this. I really appreciate your time and yeah, making the effort to come on the podcast. I appreciate it. Let's get straight into it. First of all, how did, how did it go on Friday? You did a takeover, didn't you? We did at Meat Smith. How did it go? Um, it was really good. Yeah, so Meat Smith do a sandwich each Friday. Um, we actually supply Meat Smith with um, cheese, yeah. cut cheese for their shop. So um, Jess, who's the manager there, asked us along to do a takeover. So it was fun. Yeah, a lot of our customers who from the shop who work in the area came along, um, but also people who can't make it to farmers markets on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might be working or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did you do? One, two. We just did two, two, two sandwiches. What did you do? Just the classic three cheese and yeah. then the Welsh rabbit. Beautiful. Um, with leek. Yeah, so, they're yeah. both awesome. Yeah, it's so Thanks. good. I love them. I love them. So you've been in the the, the cheese industry for fifteen years, I, th- I think. Is that right? Yeah, 15? Probably, yeah. Yes, yes. About fifteen. Years. Fifteen years. And yeah. how did you get into it? By accident, really. <laughs> I think that's a more so in some sort yeah. of hospitality. It's always something like, oh, yeah, I fell in the way I was doing this. Go I on, was you. working in a restaurant at the time. Oh, yeah. I think maybe front of house were eating way too... Sorry, I was working front of house yeah. in a restaurant. Yeah. Um, and I think we may have been eating too much of the cheese after service. <laughs> Standard, so, like midnight. Yeah, yeah, so a way of, I think, getting us not to eat too much cheese um, was to get front of house to take charge of the cheese. Yeah. So I quickly put my hand up to do that. Why? I don't, like, I, people often ask, how did I get into cheese? My family live on King Island now. Okay. Um, they didn't live there at the time, but in the 80s, we used to go there a lot on holidays, and then my family had a farm there, so I used to spend a lot of school holidays there. Um, and that's when King Island Dairy kind of first started up. Yeah. And I used to take, like, big three-kilo wheels of brie back to school, back to the boarding house, and make toasted um, cranberry and camembert sandwiches for everyone. Beautiful. What's the 80s or the 90s then? Yeah, yeah. Cranberry was big then. And they still do it at Marks and Spencer's. Yeah. I love a cranberry, <laughs> yeah, cranberry and brie cheese at Christmas. So, for sure. yeah, we used to, I just was around cheese then, but without really knowing it. And then... So your family had a farm? My family had a farm, but they were big producers, not oh, right. dairy okay. producers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a guy who managed our farm, his girlfriend worked at the dairy, and he just used to load us up with all these samples and yeah. cheese to take back with us. A girlfriend that works at the dairy. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I was around cheese then. One of my points that are in my life where I remember 
good cheese was I lived in London in my early 20s and used to save up money to go and buy a little tiny bit of um, Brie de Meaux, which was a big bit of a treat in your early 20s when all you wanted to spend yeah. money on was well, travelling and clubbing. No one else was buying that for <laughs> no. sure. And I remember getting back to Australia and going, I found the cheese, I found the cheese. It was at Richmond Hill. And then oh, oh, yeah. I bought some and I was like, this isn't the same. Oh. And then years later, um, when I worked for Calendar, um, I discovered that there's Brie de Meaux, which is raw milk, and fromage de Meaux, oh, um, okay. which is pasteurized. So milk. what I picked up at Richmond Hill was pasteurized, so that's why it tastes nothing like the raw milk version of it right, okay. that I had in London. It's great that you could spot it straight off the bat, yeah, well, so you had you a know, taste for I it. Thought that. So yes, I worked at a restaurant called Reserve um, yeah. at Fed Square, Oh yeah. Um, which at that time had in won... In Melbourne. In Melbourne, Federation yeah. Square in Melbourne, yeah. Um, had won Best New Restaurant, um, it was when George Columbaris won Best Young Chef, so we were the restaurant of, of the yeah, time yeah. then. Um, so looking after the cheese front of house there was a fun job to do. I used to go out to Richmond Hill and select the cheese. I had a cheese book where I used to tick off all the cheeses, like a cheese encyclopedia, yeah, awesome. trying to work my way through it. So I had worked there and then I was approached by Calendar Cheese Company to fill in for a maternity leave role, which is actually Lucy. So you were, ju- you were just working at the restaurant yeah. and they're senior and said, oh... I think it kind of came through Richmond Hill. Right, okay, really yeah, yeah, now. yeah. They yeah. may have said you should apply for this job. Yeah, okay. I don't yeah, remember it now. So then I went and worked for Calendar Cheese, so, um, who at the time were a really small company. Um, Which is Will Studd, is it? It was Will Studd and Sam Hurst that yeah. owned um, Calendar at that stage. And my job was to was in customer service where I would answer the phone, take orders, um, but before we'd do that, we'd be pack orders and get drivers on the road. Yeah. And I think if you went there now, there's probably about 20 people in customer service. <laughs> yeah, it's huge, yeah. yeah. You see the vans everywhere. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, that was how I originally got into cheese. I worked for Calendar on and off for about 10 years. Would they, would they put you through cheese programs or like cheese training? And obviously it's a cheese company. So that yes. You, but even though you were, and the one just to be disrespectful, like, you know, you were taking orders and whatnot, they would still train you in the cheese and all, because you've got to be selling it. Yeah, guess, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there always be cheeses out for you to try every day. A very generous staff allowance. Yeah, nice. As well. Um, and yeah, and training classes as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I worked for Calendar. Then I went to Ireland for a year. Mm. Um, and I worked for Sheridan's Cheesemongers. So Sheridan's Cheesemongers, I worked for their store in Dublin, um, but they specialise in Irish farmhouse cheese and also benchmark European cheese. Um, So that was when I kind of got into retail for the first time. I worked for them, I had a one-year visa, so I worked for them for a year and then I I met, sorry, half that time. And then I went and worked for um, a wine shop where I set up pretty much like where I am now. Yeah. It was a wine shop and they wanted a little bit of a cheese shop. So I set up a cheese counter within the wine shop for them. Beautiful. And then it was time to come home, so I went back to the calendar. Yeah. (laughs) But but now saying that, you you, you say it's a wine shop with a a cheese shop next door, which is what you've got now. And it's what, Harper and Blom? Correct. I, I'm always a bit nervous about Harper and Blom. I'm like, it However, is. if my family are listening, so the shop is named after both my grandmothers, oh. maiden names. Yeah. Um, and I called Dad a couple of days before I opened the shop and said, Dad, do I say Bloom or do I say Blom? And his family always were Bloom. Yeah. Um, he said, your 96-year-old great aunt, uncle, 
is still bloom, so you call it bloom, but over time everyone yeah. calls it bloom. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I find one day I answer the phone this way and the other day I do that way. So it's yeah. whichever way you'd like to say it. And what, so now it's a cheese shop next door to Prince Wine store? Yep, yeah, within Prince, the Prince Wine in store Essendon. in Essendon. Essendon yes. Yeah, Serving, you know, just serving the best so, cheese you can get your hands on. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, our business has kind of grown over the four years. So we opened um, four and a half years ago where um, started off just with the shop and then I always had the idea of um, doing toasted cheese sandwiches and raclette which came from living in London and going to the borough market yeah. where the, uh, the raclette store was so what, what is raclette? Raclette um, is either a Swiss or a French mountain dish I think it both of them would like to claim it yeah <laughs> um, a bit so, like pavlova yeah <laughs> it's also the name of the dish and the cheese. Yeah. So the raclette is a mountain-style cheese. They're usually about eight kilos. We sell it by cutting it in half the traditional way, popping it under the grill, melting the top off, and serving it on steamed potatoes. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Um, with cornichons. And, with cornichons, yeah. 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 I mean, so last year we went to Borough Market and spent some time with Billy, um, who has the raclette and sandwich still there, and he just wanted to make sure that we were doing things the right way because yeah. we really just went for it well, it's, it's, he's a raclette machine he's a cheese like um, but he was serving it exactly the same like the cornichons exactly the same yeah. steamed potatoes the same it's getting some momentum the raclette it is it and, is like you've seen it a lot more a lot it's great like um, you know it's great street food. It is, yeah. It really is. It's you know it it's it seems pretty simple. You know it's pretty simple. Mm. It's tasty. It you know it's that cheesiness. You know like I don't want to like cheesy chips. Do you know what I mean? Well, like with yeah, pizza, yeah, it's like yeah. an upmarket. That's yeah. kind of what I look at it yeah. like. It's like potato cheese. It's cheesy chips, man. But like a, a refined yeah. version. You know. And pretty much everyone who sees it at markets will say, oh, we had that at Borough Market or we had that when we're in hot holidays in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. Or they've got no idea what you're what doing. Is. Yeah, like, what's this? And then they see it and the look, like, I just would love to film, like, a secret camera filming yeah. people's faces. Cause Bubbling when, cheese. When they yeah. see the cascade of cheese. Yeah, yeah, the potatoes, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And so what, what, um, what milk's that from? Cow's milk. Oh, it's cow's milk. So we use um, La Artisan Cheese, who um, get their milk from Timbu in southwestern Victoria. Yeah, it was either French guy. He's the French yeah, guy. yeah, I know yeah. who he is. Yeah. So he yeah. grew up in the French Alps. Yeah. Obviously, that's the style of cheese. All of his cheeses um, reflect the style of cheese where he grew up. Um, and the raclette we use his because we do Victorian and, and Melbourne farmers markets. So all the produce needs to be local. Yeah. Okay. He's a great guy. I met him. He's a really good guy. He is. Yeah. 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 And the cheese is beautiful. I mean. He's for real, isn't he? You know, yeah. he probably knows what he's doing. He, like, yeah, he yeah. grew up in a family who made cheese making yeah, yeah. equipment. It's kind of in his blood. So. It's amazing that he's now over here in Australia making cheese. You yeah. know, like, I don't want to say you're honoured, like, oh, we should bow down. But, you know, it's really good that someone at that standard is over here giving it a good... You know what I mean? I think, you yeah. know, he can yeah. train other people. And and he's using, like, you know, organic milk from Tim Boone, which is, you know, lush kind of South yeah, yeah. Victoria. And, yeah, it's all... Well, so... I don't, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but yeah. what, what is cheese? What is cheese? Yeah. Okay. Cheese is preserved milk. Yeah. So you yeah. start off with milk. So cheese was hundreds of years away, uh, hundreds of years ago, a way of preserving milk. So the oh. same as doing Serrano or Hamon or... Like a curing process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or making a jar of yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you start off with milk and then you add um, culture, rennet and salt. Yeah. So it's pretty simple. That's it. 
Unless you start buying that rubbish from the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then what then it sets, right? The rennet sets it, the culture's got to work, they do yep. their thing. So the rennet sets the cheese, so it almost looks like a jelly. Yeah. Um, it looks phenomenal, doesn't it? I yeah, mean it's cheese like, really. or like silken type. Yeah, thing. yeah, like silk yeah, exactly. It looks awesome. And then the chop it right. And then anyway, you go cut on. the curds. Cut the curds. Um, yeah. so depending on what style of cheese that you're making, it depends on the size that you cut the curds. Okay, I didn't know. So that. the smaller that you cut the curds, the more moisture will come out. Right, okay. You cut the curds moisture so that's what soft and hard cheese is that correct is, right yeah. okay yeah yeah so you yeah. cut the curds and then you say we're making like a, a white mold cheese like a brie camembert style cheese yeah they're in molds which are round the same yeah. shape as that cheese they're often um, probably about four times five times the height of what the cheese will be is you fill up almost like a canister it's yeah. open on the bottom and then you let all the whey drain off and then over time that cheese will be pressed down until it becomes about a third of its size. Right, okay, yeah. Um, and, and what then, it originated. Yeah. 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 And then you then you leave them out, right? And then then you, you leave it and they're turned. So no matter what the cheese is, they'll get turned daily. Yeah. To start off with. So that the moisture so the, the way or the liquid is draining out the bottom. Right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it drips all the way down and then turn it and it comes all the way back yeah. through. I guess when you when you roast chicken, we always roast it the, the yeah. other way so it's, you know, yeah. the juices come back through. Yeah. yeah. And then the, you get wash rind, you get uh, white mold. Is it white? Is that right? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. White roll, white, wash rind, white mold, hard, blue. You know, there's probably more semi-hard or whatever it might be. But these are all different styles, aren't they? That all different categories. And when we were developing our online shop, I mean, there's what cheese people will call different categories. Yeah. And then yeah. there's what the general public, different categories. So you know, a surface ripened cheese and a white mold and a wash rind, like you said. Yeah. So they're kind of all different categories. But to the general public, soft cheese is soft cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we do go white mold, wash rind. Yeah. Just to... Make it a so what is the difference between them so two? A, an easier way I find to say is a wash rind cheese will start its life the same as uh, white mould, which is like a brie or a camembert. Yep. I tend to use the word white mould a lot because of trying to kind of keep cheeses into the categories that they're meant to be, whereas brie is only made in France yeah. in a certain region and camembert is only made in France in a certain region. Yeah. In Australia, we, I think... A, we're starting to move away from that calling something camembert. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. there's still plenty of people who do, but you'll see people like um, Yarra Valley Dairy have moved away from that. They have a cheese called Yering, named after the region. Right, okay. Where they are. But you would say it's a brie style. You know, it's brie, you, yeah, brie style. But it's not brie, style. yeah, yeah. It's just so, you know, it takes yeah. a while, excuse me. I guess a bit like the tawny and the port and the and, and, the, and the mans. And all, yeah, and the mans. All of those things you know, will yeah. kind of move away yeah, from yeah. that. Meredith, they were Meredith Feta when they first started. Were they? And now they're Meredith marinated goat's cheese. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. halloumi, feta, all of those cheeses, you know, it's right. Why not? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's good. So what when when you say wash rind, what do they wash it with? So they wash it with brine or an alcohol solution. You will see cheeses like or Epoise from Burgundy in France is washed with Marc de Bourgon, which is a little bit like a French grappa, I guess. Yeah. Um, you'll see cheeses often in Alsace that are washed in local white wines. Yeah. Um, like Bruny Island, they do one with whiskey. So brandy as well, you see brandy. brandy. Yeah. yeah brandy. So you're stopping the white molds from growing. Yeah, oh, so that's what that's doing. Yeah. Right, and then okay. This orange Brebby B linen 
smelly sock thing. Yes, yeah, a bit stuff, sticky. Stuff's bit, going bit on. Sticky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bit like thing, yeah. So that's the difference. The cheeses are pretty much made in exactly the same way to start off with, except for they're washed. Right, okay. And what, uh, turned and just like a cloth or how um, does it, do you know how it works? like a little brush. Oh yeah, just dip it in, brush it, yeah, yeah, at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just fucking throwing Cheddar. it on there. Cheddar, <laughs> yeah. you're throwing that around. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that's a washer. So it's, when they say wash it actually is washed it with is something. Washed, yes. So it could be a brine, when you say brine, salt brine, you say yes. in salt water, again, just to kill the bacteria on the yep. outside, is that right? And, and, then the and al- let other bacteria grow. grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grow. So yeah. get rid of any older bacteria and put fresh bacteria in, yeah. effectively. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Um, which you do with salamis and that as well. Sometimes if you go in, I don't know if you're aware, mm. when the salamis are going, sometimes you'll spray vinegar and wash them with vinegar depending yep. on the bacteria monitoring them and you look I'm saying that like I don't want to talk about I fucking don't. <laughs> I don't someone told me that it was actually um, the guy from LP Quality Meats who was showing me his room and he was telling me this and I was like oh yeah 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 as if I knew I didn't have a fucking clue but I was like oh vinegar that sounds good but since then I've spoke to people who make them and it's the same kind of thing you're just washing it monitoring the mould and the yeah. rest of it yeah. yeah so then you've got so that's wash rind mm-hmm. and then white mould you just keep turning them. You don't need to do anything. Is that the Correct. is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, you so just the keep... mold will start growing on the outside of those. And that white, I don't want to say white stuff, but the, the encasing of mm-hmm. the cheese is the cheese, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like when you see brie yeah. and you've got that bit on the outside, that's just the, the cheese that's oxi- effectively oxidised. Is that right? Like, oh, no, that's the mould that's actually The mould, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and then yeah. the cheese is in the middle, but it's all originated with the same thing, right? Do you know what I mean? Yes. That makes sense? It does, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it all was one thing and now it, now the mould's created a skin effectively. But you can eat that, no problem. It's all, it's all good. Absolutely. Although some people some don't. People, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's like people are like, oh, I don't like blue cheese because I don't like the blue mould. I'm like... You know that the white mold's white mold. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Yeah, and you know it's all bacteria. You know, and, and the rest. Of it, yeah, but it fine. does freak some people out. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. so. Then blue cheese. Mm-hmm. How do they get them blue veins and and, and whatnot? So in there? Um, the blue is added to the cheese. So when you've got your curds and your vein, you're starting off. You add so either often like Penicillium Roqueforte is a blue mold that you, is added to it. Yeah. So there's two strains. There's one which is like a Gorgonzola strain and there's one that is a Roquefort strain that's used in, in oh, really? types okay. of cheese. So that's cool. added in like a powder form. Yeah, and the that's cheese. fine. Every, you know, it, it's, yeah, it comes from a lab. Yeah, okay. So, the, I mean, there's numerous stories on how blue cheese started. Yeah. There's the Italian version and the French version. The French version is there was a shepherd in Roquefort in the south of France with his sheep. Um, who was having lunch in a cave back in the day we'd have like a, a massive loaf of, of rye bread that he would have just cut a big piece out of like this two kilo bread yeah, yeah. put it in his little bag and he had um, milk inside like a calf's stomach oh right like, yeah, like a bladder a bladder yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and supposedly he saw a young lady <laughs> <laughs> and left his lunch and his milk in the cave I mean that young lady he might have had four legs and a fucking coat <laughs> maybe and apparently he went back and yeah the, the milk had turned into blue cheese so in Rockfall they still make these rye bread loaves Tradition. at certain times when the moon's at a certain time and and they make it and then cover it in, put it in the caves, it gets covered in mould, then it goes through into a lab and made into a powder. Is that true? Yeah. 
All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Far out. Yeah. And that's what everyone gets. The, no, not now. Okay. Not now. Rock okay. or do, but yeah, there's yeah. different types that would be made in right, different okay. labs yeah, to suit yeah, yeah. different people's criteria. Oh. And then they, they, each fire, each cheesemaker will just buy the the one that yeah. they like, and they just put it in, in that's, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So how the blue mold gets into the cheese is the cheese is spiked, so not the story of the old copper. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's actually more like a, a piece of machinery that goes through and spikes the cheese, which allows oxygen to go into the cheese. Yeah. Then the blue has somewhere to grow. Right. Those, okay. Yeah. So that's already in there. Yep. So them spikes, uh, you're not putting the bacteria in. You know, no, the, the mold of. Excuse me. You're not putting the mold in at that point. That's literally just to let the air in. That's just letting air in. Yeah. Okay. So and he's turning these as well. They do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's so interesting. So that's the so the. I'm just trying to cover your all different, your different all cheeses. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got the hard, which is like your cheddar. Well, you know. So right? hard, you have hard cheese, semi-hard cheese. So hard cheese, um, Parmigiano Reggiano. Semi-hard cheeses are things like Osorati. Yeah. And then you've got cheddars, or what you would call in the UK cheddars and territorials. Red Leicester, Double Gloucester, Wensleydale. Yeah. Um, fall into cheddars and territorials. Right, okay. And then what about something like, um, what's the Dutch one? I love that one. Uh, Gouda? No, it's like, yeah, it's like yellow, um, Repiner? A Repiner. Repiner. So that's like, yeah, a Is that, a hard, that, that falls into hard cheese. Hard category. cheese, yeah, yeah, I love that cheese. You do? Yeah, I love The it. crunchy little bits. Yeah, I love toffee. that. I'm going to get that, in, I'm going to get into that in a minute <laughs> as well. Um, and then you've got things, uh, fresh curds. So fresh curds are things like fromage frais. Yeah. Fromage um, blanc? Fromage blanc. Do you get fromage blanc here? You do. Yeah, I love fromage No one knows blanc. what to do with it. Oh, like years it. ago, Meredith were, Meredith called their goat's curd fromage frais. Yeah. Um, and then changed it to goat's curd. Holy goat, they still call theirs fromage frais and they do make a fromage blanc. People in recipes in Australia, it just wasn't... You know, we no used one to, was knowing what they were asking for. We used to just get fromage blanc. Yeah. Brumage shallots pureed garlic seasoned it and we used to put that like on, as, a, as a canapé just on a mm -hmm. cracker with like I don't know a bit of tomato or whatever Beautiful. an olive or just what yeah it's so good it's so tasty it's like the freshest way that you can yeah. eat, eat cheese as such yeah. actually like, artisan make from Arch Blanc as well. did they? yeah okay. Do okay and then with the hard one again you just chop it up they put it in a press and then they just keep turning that one it's a, bit, a little bit is it a bit easier or I don't know well, not, with things like Comte or Gruyere or Emmental they're about 40 to 80 kilos a wheel. Oh, yeah, far so. Need a crane. Fucking <laughs> hell, who's lifting that? It's a bloody um, hell. But with, like, even um, the people who age Comte, there's not really... Um, it's one of those jobs that's been passed down from generation yeah, to generation. Yeah. Like, they, they tap the cheese to listen to the cheese and... Amazing. There's not a guidebook on on how to do that. It's something yeah, that you yeah, just it's a thing hours about and hours and yeah. hours and days and months and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your only way. So yeah, categories. You have fresh curd, white mold, surface ripened, wash rind, blue cheese, semi hard, hard cheese, cheddars, territorials. Yeah, okay. But then within that, in the cheese industry, there's so many other little oh, categories. Oh, sure. I could imagine. But for the general public. Yeah, that's the goal. And some of them you get. I remember having one in a in a two star in a in a restaurant in um, it's now a three star in Florence called Enateca Pinguori. We had this cheese which was wrapped in um, in a leaf. What was the leaf from a oh. 
I want to say walnut or it was some sort of tree leaf it was wrapped in with white truffle honey it was just oh it was off the chart honestly <laughs> it was somewhere else at this restaurant but yeah that was the first time that was years back and mm. when I was like and it had a leaf and the open the leaf up you, you're aware of all this yeah. you know of course you are you know it's so like I don't know it just makes it so special do you know what I mean like someone put the effort in and it's just and beautiful and cheeses like man. that were originally made that was just a way of storing the cheese Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> not glamorous. Yeah, not glamorous, but now yeah. it looks glamorous. It does? Yeah. It's like the cheeses with, um, like, Montdor with the bark. Yeah, yeah, the outside. yeah. That was just a way of holding the cheese yeah. together, whereas now we love it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anything, anything sells that's got, like, alcohol on the outside of it or a leaf around the outside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love one of them ones. Cheese with flowers on it for Mother's Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In Australia, you can't um, really get raw milk cheese. It, not 100% can you you can't really get raw milk it's a lot of it's pasteurised 90% whatever you probably know yeah. the figures but generally you can only get pasteurised cheeses pasteurised milk cheese in Australia is that right as a whole um, you c- no if I'm wrong just no, no no no, no. It's, no. It's, a, it's not really like a yes no oh yeah yeah um, sorry so you can bring in hard cheese yeah into Australia which has been aged for X period of days and has a moisture content under 40% at the time that you sell it. And that can be raw milk? That can be raw milk. So you're looking at things like Reggiano, Comte, H. Manchego. We can't bring things into Australia that are soft. So all you Soft and raw. Soft and raw. Yeah. With the exception of Roquefort, which is a blue cheese. So this happened about the, the time I started working in the cheese industry in 2005. Roquefort was, um, was passed through the High Court of Australia that it could be sold into it. Which Will Studd, who I worked for for a long time, campaigned for probably about 10 years before that to bring Roquefort or to bring raw milk cheese. So it's actually, it's a special trade agreement that we have with France and Australia that Roquefort has its own pretty much rules about bringing that in. And there's a famous story, isn't there, with Will Studd, Roquefort and a funeral? Yes, he had a funeral for the Rockford. <laughs> Do you know what happened? I heard a little bit about so it. So he had a pallet of cheese. Will had imported some cheese that had just wanted to prove that you could bring it into Australia and it would meet our regulations. Um, and it sat in the corner of the warehouse just covered in this orange quarantine, do not touch, you know. <laughs> danger, danger, yeah. <laughs> Aging as it went. Yeah. Um, and to prove a point, Will had a funeral for it out at, um, I think it was Derrimut, out in the western suburbs, and he hired, like, the hearse, and he put <laughs> the French flag over the coffin, and he invited every me- piece of media in Australia that he knew. That's amazing. Uh, and it was on the front page of the Paris newspaper. That What's really, it? I think it translated to something like, Australia thinks our cheese will kill them. <laughs> Which then, in turn, caused all of these things to happen and where the law has been passed. However, fantastic. Um, yes, that's the only cheese. But So in Australia now, you can make raw milk cheese. Oh, okay. In the same week that this rule had been passed, which has also probably been in the pipeline for 20 years, was the same week that selling raw milk to drink, like Schiltz that used to sell raw milk, yeah. got banned. So like one piece of legislation comes in to say, okay, you can start making raw milk cheese. But you can't buy it. But you can't, as a consumer, now buy raw milk, which is two different cases yeah, because yeah. Of, of a small child that had died and whether it was linked to the milk or not the milk, we don't know. So it's, you know. Um, but, yeah, so the regulations in making raw milk in Australia, are, you know, there are some people who are doing it. 
Um, but it's so hard and so expensive, all the testing regulations that you have to get done, that really only a large manufacturer can afford to do it. Yeah. And then they don't want to make raw milk They're cheese because yeah, yeah. of the risks involved. And it's more fragile and it's more, you know, it's not consistent with the flavor profile that someone in large production La- yeah, wants yeah, their yeah. cheddar to taste the same week in, week out. Whereas raw milk, farmhouse, artisan cheese is going to taste different yeah. all the time. Well, yeah, it is. Environment. Yeah, it's the environment of what it's you know that it's getting made and it's going to change the weather the seasons yeah. the whole thing you know different bacteria and yeasts in the so yes you can make raw milk cheese in Australia you can bring raw milk cheese up until only a couple of months ago you could bring in 10 kilos of raw milk cheese for, hum- for your own personal consumption 10 kilos is a lot of cheese to bring in your hand luggage yeah, yeah. back from the UK isn't it yeah. well you want to get 20 kilo allowance <laughs> or something and like, yeah. so it was it's just a, like it's a whole you know there's a lot of reading and a, a yeah, whole backstory yeah. to it but you know to bring 10 kilos of cheese in for yourself I mean I've tried I've bought a lot in and 10 kilos is a lot <laughs> yeah especially when you also think about the fact that it's going to sit on the tarmac probably in yeah. Singapore or Hong Kong <laughs> yeah <at> like 40 <laughs> degrees just a bit of buzzing yeah yeah so what is what is pasteurized cheese what is it what, what so pasteurized the milk yeah. um, is when you heat the milk to 72 degrees and then you hold it there for 15 seconds and it yeah. kills off all the nasties yeah okay but it also kills off all, all the, the flavor yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and all of the things yeah um, so the thing with pasteurizing cheese is you could it unifies the unif- uniform sorry the yeah. flavor of the cheese so you're not really getting a unique flavor of where a cheese comes from yeah it's just a, it's just a con, like a consistently one yeah. thing, isn't it? But saying something's raw milk doesn't necessarily make it make better. It better. Yeah, yeah, there's of some course. really good pasteurized cheese, yeah, 100%. and there's some really rubbish raw milk cheese. Definitely, there's still a skill involved, isn't there? There is. Just because you've got that product, you know, yeah. you won't buy a great pro- base product. But if you haven't got the skill to keep that going, then you're yeah. going to struggle. Absolutely, as well. it's not going to make it better. Exactly, um, and you you can get. You know, you get cow's milk, sheep's milk, goat's milk, mm-hmm. cheeses. What's the difference in the flavours, textures, colours and, and, and whatnot in that? So cow's milk will always be um, a bright yellow. Yeah. Um, then goat and sheep's milk and buffalo milk, which we see quite a bit of now in Australia, also has a um, more of a white kind of porcelain okay. um, colour to it. The flavours do change. Um, sheep's milk has kind of more of a lanoly kind of flavor to it yeah i find goat's milk can be really quite grassy yeah goat's milk is one of those things that people you sometimes think okay people don't people who come into the shop are like i don't like blue cheese but more people will come into the shop and say i don't like goat's cheese are you serious yeah goat's cheese yeah holy right that's i didn't i would never i would never pick that no but i think there's a generation of australians so goat's milk cheese has probably started being made like 70s 80s more as like a hobby farmer I've got some goats, I'll make something. Yeah, yeah. Um, then as some of the probably goat dairies um, were established, they weren't using their own milk. So they'd be getting milk in from maybe 10 or 15 different farms and it would be traveling quite a distance. So they're not making cheese with fresh milk. Yeah, okay. So it's tasting rubbish. Yeah. So there is a generation of people who are scarred by the early yeah, goats yeah. making cheese industry. I get it. Industry. I, I like goat's milk full stop. Just straight up Just goat. like drinking the milk. Yeah, yeah, I love goats. I love goats. I know yeah. it sounds stupid, but I love <laughs> the crackers, man. They just eat everything. But yeah, I love it. But so goats, cheese, less popular than blue cheese. Just from my experience. Experience, in yeah, the yeah, shop, in the shop. Yeah, yeah. is that so, there'll be more people who say, I don't that. like goat. That's amazing. But then there's a lot of people now who don't consume cow's milk. 
for health oh, reasons. Oh, just yeah, like, so, you know, dairy-free yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so there's also a lot more people now that come in looking for goat and sheep's milk. Yeah, as an alternative. Um, yeah, and then we're starting to see quite a few different buffalo milk cheeses in Australia as well. So, Which, you know, you, you normally think would be mozzarella, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But, but, well, there's a guy at the farmer's market that does the uh, burrata. The burrata. Have you had that? It's, be- it's it really is. good. Yeah. It's really, really good. I like that. There was a crisis, wasn't there, with the with the dairy industry? Mm. Like I, I've heard about it. I know a, l- a little bit about it, but I'm guessing I'm hoping that you know a lot more about it. What what happened with it all that made it all go? Are we talking about the milk? Yes. Yeah. In the in the in the supermarket. Is it the supermarket? Corporate grade. Was it? Yeah. And they drilled them, did they? Yeah. I mean, it's it probably affected more the cheeses that we deal with. That we deal in our shop are a lot of farmhouse cheese. So farmhouse means that the farmer makes the cheese, but also has his own animals. And creates so milk. Yeah, you're pretty much doing two jobs. You're a dairy farmer, sorry, yeah. three jobs. You're a dairy farmer, you're a farmer, and you're a cheese maker. Right, okay. So that didn't really affect the price of cheese that we sell. Yeah, okay. It would definitely have affected the price the of cheese for, for the mass cheeses. And, yeah, okay. And so I didn't know that. So you would say like a farmhouse cheese, generally they do the whole process yes. to get the, the nah, that's smart. And which really thing. came around from, you know, probably pre-1950s yeah. when the farmer would be the farmer and his wife would make the cheese. Yeah, yeah. And you'd find yeah. that in the UK, like Mrs. Kirkham's. Yeah, yeah, I love Mrs. Kirkham's. Well, all, um, yeah, the husband farmed and the wife made the cheese. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it get you know it starts getting popular. I get, you know, I guess you just made it back in them days for the local village. And, you did, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. the church or whatever yeah, it might absolutely. be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, yeah, in the UK you've got all those territorial cheeses because yeah. each kind of county or region made their own style of cheese. It's amazing, really. And I wonder what made them that that style. Like, especially when you think you said it earlier, um, Wednesdaydale. You know, it's mm. quite crumbly. The Wednesday, is yeah. It, yeah, it's quite it's a little bit crumbly. And you know, the cheddar from down, you know, cheddar down south. It's, yeah. You know, is a bit more richer. I wonder what made that. Like, what is it that made them make it like that and them like that? Do you know? So we sell Wednesdaydale at yeah. the shop, which really only English people get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or people who like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Wallace and Gromit. I was going to say um, that. But because it's really, Australian taste buds t- seem to like everything. This isn't necessarily just cheese. It's kind of yeah. about wine as well. But we love everything to have a really big, strong flavor. Um, so Wensleydale is quite light and quite not acidic in a good way, kind of lemony, fresh kind of flavour to it. Mm. And we were talking about with the guys from Neil's Yard Dairy, which is in London, who we get our British cheese from. And they were saying that it was originally, well, originally it was made with goat's milk a very long time ago, oh, okay. hundreds yeah, of yeah. years ago. But it's, the style of cheese was made for the miners to be able to come in at lunchtime and eat a massive chunk of cheese, a bit like a ploughman's, some pickles and a bit of meat probably not even meat but it was a way of being able to get a lot of their energy and nutrients from a massive chunk of cheese yeah so you can ingest it is that right you ingest it is that what you say so Wensleydale you you can eat a lot more Wensleydale than you can eat Montgomery's cheddar yeah yeah oh that's really interesting whether it was made for that reason I don't know yeah but the different styles of cheese will reflect the areas that they are in yeah where the the work yeah it's fantastic you know that's amazing because it's like um the pasty Cornish pasty, do you know about yeah. that? And it's got the crinkled edges, and that yeah. was so the guys could eat the eat the pasty and not get any on. You meant to throw it, well, you're not meant to, but you would throw <laughs> that away because yeah. that was what you held on to. Because that was yeah. where they were working, and that was the environment. Everything comes from an environment, doesn't it? It, it does. really does. Yeah. Like it's so smart that they're working on the things, so they need to consume more to get energy, so they make it lighter. Yeah. 
Like camemberts are small because I used to go into like the saddles of, you know, the horse when you were going out to do work for the day. Is that right? Yeah. It's that is, and you know, now it's on a on a plate or you know on a after dinner or whatever it might be, and you're just consuming it. You just don't know the history no. of it all. It's, you know, well, the wheel, that's also why wheels of like Comte and Gruyere they're forty kilo wheels. They're made up in the Alps. Yeah. So to be able to bring them down, they used to put them on the side of, I don't know if it was donkeys or horses, yeah. but they just put one on each side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier to just carry two Yeah, two wheels big wheels. Yeah, like yeah. Down, down a mountain. No, it's, it's yeah. logical, isn't it? Instead of having like loads, of, you know, you just strap one on each side and yep. away you go, you go, cut over there. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. You hear about cheeses getting um, ripened in caves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's many near the sea as well. I've heard things mm-hmm. near the sea, so you get the sea fret and all that. Yeah. What some? Do you know what what cheeses do do that, and, and what what benefit do they get from being ripened in, in caves? So one of we sell um, some Italian cheese from Mari, um, who are an Italian producer in Lombardy in northern Italy. So they do Taleggio, Gorgonzola, a number of other fresh Italian cheeses, but they. They age their cheeses in caves. Um, so they're actually using the fresh mountain air instead of refrigeration, yeah. which obviously with global warming is going to change oh. where, the, where the snow levels are melting. But yeah. they're not actually in – they started off being in a cave. Yeah. Now it's actually you know, sterile refrigeration units right, okay. still built into the caves, but they yeah. use the mountain air. To, to, to keep the airflow going. To keep the airflow. Yeah. But you're also getting um, all the environmental flavour. Yeah, that's coming down the mountain or whatever. It's coming down the mountain. So all yeah. the, um, the moulds as well that are present and in the in the, the terroir, isn't it? That's what yeah. it's... Yeah, it yeah. Is. So it's not I like love a, that word. It's not I like try a, and throw it in whenever I can. Yeah, I like a bit of terroir. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like they're sitting in um, yeah, a stony cave. Yeah, okay. They're actually now... Well, that's how it was originally done, but it's yeah. now food safe. Yeah, probably those white panels. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The mountain air is coming. But they're down. still they're trying to get that same, get the flavour of the environment. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll see, um, like Cheddar Gorge, they do that mm. as well. Um, I love Cheddar Gorge. You do? Yeah, the place I've been. Yeah. Have you been? I haven't. Oh, know yeah, really it's done. so good. Cheddar Gorge is awesome. <laughs> Every time we go to the UK, it's like London. Should we do a side trip? <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so, and your scrumpy jacks from around there as yeah. well. Yeah, I love Cheddar Gorge. It's yeah. such so, a beautiful place. People also use the words cave as a maturation area. Right, okay. So, you know, there's probably, um, there's a place in Brooklyn, I can't think of the name of it, but they call themselves something, something caves. Okay. It's also just kind of used as a yeah, word, as yeah. a, a place to age cheese. But yes, hundreds of years ago, they were aged in caves. Sorry, Roquefort as well is another one. Is it? <laughs> yeah, so Roquefort in the south of France, that's one of the important parts about making Roquefort is, yeah, the mountain, the mountain air, so you're getting all the... Um, it's fascinating. Again, with food, like um, Jersey Royal potatoes. I don't know if yeah. you're aware. Yeah, they're they're grown in Jersey, or they, you know, they originally were grown in Jersey. And I don't know if you've ever been to Jersey, but the 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 fields are on an angle mm. facing the ocean, so that all the sea fret comes up and brushes. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And they all so the soil's quite salty, and as well. Um, Alaska, the the whiskey in Scotland, I think as well, is right on the corner. I watched a documentary on it. It's right yeah. on the corner again, getting all that sea fret and trying to just really represent where it's from. Do you know what I mean? So you have got the local cows eating the local, you know, the the the, the pastures, the local grass, and then it's with the local air. You know, you can only get that there. You know, yeah. like Michael from Tivoli Road was saying, you know. 
each with each bacteria and yeast in that area mm. it will only grow in that you know it's from that area so you can only create that bread or that cheese yeah exactly like that because of that bacteria yeah like, you can be very similar yeah or you know it can be exactly the same visually but it can never be the, the same, same because it hasn't got that that, that, yeah. that area of you know the the, the elements yeah. it's fascinating I, I find that stuff so fascinating it's like you know it's such a snapshot in food, it's such a snapshot of an area. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Wines are oh. the same. It, you know, it's just yeah, fascinating. Yeah, like some gins that we've got from the Shetland. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. So salty. I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or like the wines from Sicily that are, have that kind of saltiness to them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And again, the reason that the, 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 the do this food or that wine or whatever in that area is for a reason. Like you say, like sake goes really well with raw fish because mm. the Japanese eat a lot of raw fish. Or, yeah. you know... Um, in um, you know different places that have charcuterie, they, mm. they eat more. They have like ciders, or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, that's like when you were saying about scrumpy. It's like so Normandy, where camembert is from, is yeah. famous for Calvados, camembert, and cider. Yeah. And whenever we do like a wine and cheese class, I've kind of bent the rules on that now, where it includes Normandy cider. Yeah, they yeah. just go so well together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My old boss Terry Hughes say, "It's a, again referring to food. If it grows together, it, it goes, goes together. together." I yeah. love that. <laughs> I do. Too. I love it. Yeah. Like you know, lamb and peas. Like you know, you yeah. know, it's just if it, yeah. if it grows together, it goes together. Like over time, those things were developed to go together. Yeah. Back before we could get food from all over the world, or even out of your region yeah and some of it would even go down to like you know <clears throat> like help with digestion they mm. say like mint um, like mint sauce with the lamb the mint helps with digestion with the fatty lamb so yeah. you know like mother nature put the lamb the mint there so you eat it with it or you know that them kind of them yeah. kind of things it's fascinating it's yeah. absolutely fascinating so with the but going on to the, the, the aging in caves, mm. the, with the aging process, you, you do get them crystals. You briefly meant it, yeah. mentioned, mentioned it earlier. Them. Yeah, what like are they? They're little calcium deposits oh, that happen in the cheese over age. So I often say it's a good way. If someone's trying to sell you like an 18-month-old Calder or Gruyere and it's smooth, it's not. Probably not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence is saying no. Yeah. I get yeah, it. Yeah, no. It's funny. People people don't know what they are. They're like, some people are like, I didn't like that cheese with the crunchy bits in it. Oh, that, that's all. I love that stuff. Yeah. And the salty bits. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then other people come into the shop and they're like, what the ones with the crunchy bits? And that's, and that's from age, is it? That it comes is. from yes. age. So the 18 months to 24 months, it's going to be more yep. prevalent in them kind of cheeses. Yep. And it's it's a calcium deposit. It is. What are some of the benchmark cheeses people should definitely try? I would say... Ooh. <laughs> There's a I'll lot. I'll go through a few categories. Yeah, yeah, like. definitely, 100%. I think if you're looking at like a, a fresh young cheese... To maybe try something like holy goat. Yeah. It's a holy goat or a small organic farm up near Castlemaine, um, where they also make everything on the farm. Two ladies, isn't it? Two ladies, yeah, Anne Marie yeah. and Carla. So they're organic, biodynamic. They learnt to make cheese in the Loire Valley in France, which is the home of goat's cheese. Yeah, okay. Um, and also in Ireland. Um, and to me, their cheese is a benchmark goat's cheese to try. Do you think round the world, it's it stands up without? Yeah. yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They make them beautiful, like. It's not a wheel. It looks the, like a wheel. A ring. A ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah a ring. Yeah. La Luna and the Bridget's well. Yeah. As well. Um, blue cheese, benchmark cheeses would be Roquefort. Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Colston Bassett Stilton. Yeah, I love Colston Bassett. Um, if you've not tried Comte or Gruyere, which I've been talking about, definitely try that. Comte is the most consumed 
cheese in France. Is it? Probably our most popular cheese in the shop. It's just a cheese that everyone likes. Yeah. Like kids love it. Grumpy old nanas like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone likes it. Um, wash rind cheese, a plus, which is from Burgundy. Really stinky wash rind, but it's got yeah. this beautiful, like velvety, creamy texture to it. So it kind of balances itself out. Um, Montgomery's cheddar. Yeah, can't go past exactly. that can you? Which you, we laugh <laughs> because yeah, yeah because that's we named our son after Montgomery Cheddar which people laugh at but it's I think true. it's a good name yeah um, so that yeah to me I would be definitely trying something like the Holy Goat Goat's Cheese if you yeah. want to um, try a goat's cheese mm-hmm. um, a plus from Burgundy yeah as an introduction into a wash rind cheese either Roquefort um, or Colston Bassett Stilton and then something like Comte for a hard cheese and Montgomery's Cheddar from Somerset yeah you can't go back. I love the Montgomery's, honestly. Like, so I'm a bit. I'm a, when I go somewhere and I see it, like I want to try something else, but I just always end up. <laughs> like, it's bad. It's so bad. But you're just like, oh. So cheddar is probably my least favourite cheese category. Yeah. yeah. Um, and probably yeah, probably about eight years ago, we we're in in London. It was before we had Monty's in Australia, and I had this awesome sandwich that was some beautiful ham heritage ham from somewhere in Somerset. Yeah. And Montgomery's cheddar, and I was like, after that, I was like, I only like Montgomery's cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> um, how far has Australian cheese come in the last fifteen years? A long way, yeah. a long way. So the Australian cheese industry really is quite young. All the specialty cheese, yeah, industry. The, the farm, the farm cheese comes. I mean, for obviously, I think since the eighteen hundreds, there has been every town had a cheese and butter factory, so they'd be making a cheddar, butter, cream, milk. Um, and those things kind of died out after the Second World War. Then in probably like the early 80s, places like, I guess, King Island Dairy, Tarrago River, Millowa. I know Millowa just had their 30th birthday. So more of your specialty Australian cheeses started coming onto the market. Mm. Um, so really, really young, yeah. if you think about the yeah, rest yeah, of the world's sure. been making cheese Hundreds for a of years. very yeah, long yeah. time. Um, and also the limited resources that we have with um, like the starter cultures that we were talking about before. Yeah. It's a very small pool that you can get those from in Australia, which is why a lot of our white molds tend to taste the same. Oh, okay. We're pasteurizing the milk yeah. and we're using the same cultures. So yeah, they're not yeah. really having that much of a different flavor yeah. to them. But there's definitely more, I mean, obviously people travel more now and people will go and work and learn to make cheese in, in other areas. places. Yeah. Um, we've also got farmers markets now. Um, people are talking. People are talking. Communications easier. Recipe yeah. sharing, learning. Yeah, it's yeah, easier. Absolutely. And there's. Yeah. I always think it's a funny story about Meredith Dairy. Their cheese is exported uh, to America, and it's known as Australian feta. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, and it's something that you don't really get around the world is that marinated goat's cheese. If you yeah, go yeah. into any um, IGA or supermarket now in Australia, there's just like a category. Yeah. Like it's a whole yeah. a whole shelf of even, those things. Even since I've got here, mm. it was Meredith, Meredith, yeah. Meredith. And now like, there's another one. Like I think there must be like, there's a few more that are popping up. And now it's marinated feta. Yeah. Marin- you know, there's a lot more different Everywhere. ones. Everywhere. Yeah. There's a guy in the UK, Blackwoods, um, who makes a marinated cheese. He worked at Yarra Valley Dairy. And, oh, like, really? He's pretty much the only one that you'd see in the UK and Meredith export. And I just, oh, cause obviously you follow lots of other cheese shops around yeah, the world yeah. and social media and they get so excited when the Meredith 
all right? That's amazing. Yeah. That's a great brand. I love that, Meredith. Honestly, it it's, is. It's a great it's brand. Every fridge should have a jar of that. Yeah, it's just, it goes on, like, say, everything. It's mm. so easy. It pimps anything. I yeah. put it on pasta and everything, yeah. me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> put it on pasta, put it on my avocado, put it on my toast. I just put it on anything. Serious. Yeah. It's just great. It's good, beautifully balanced, nice and creamy. It's just, it's so. Uh, so, talking about, like, yeah, the history of Australian cheese making, there is a man who we kind of call the godfather of cheese in Australia, Richard Thomas. Okay. Um, great person to get on your podcast yeah um so richard he was the person who started he first made gippsland blue which is made as the name suggests found in gippsland so that was the first blue made in australia and i would think that would be the late 80s but he's also the person who developed meredith marinated and yarra valley is he yeah he so designed he, that, like he set that up. He set up both those. How things. many of them do you to sell? How many of them oh, jars? Oh yeah, thousands. Yeah, thousands and thousands. <laughs> have you been there? I have. So everything's done on their farm. Is it? Um, they, they have goats and they have sheep. Um, so super they, sustainable. Like they use all their own energy. They've planted so many trees over the last kind of twenty years that they've been there. It's Such a, really a strong place. brand. You know what I love about that brand? I always talk about it with Beck. Excuse me, bloody hell. Um, is you see that in Leo's, you mm. see it in Boccaccio's, you see it in Coles, yeah. you see it in what it like stands among itself. Like, like I think we would, we I would feel a bit weird being sold in Woolworths on places like that. Do you know what I mean? I would just feel a bit like, oh, I feel like I'm almost screwing the little guys. You know, the yeah. ones that support. That's the way. You know, it would be a real tear up to do yeah. something like along those lines. But they're just sitting there nicely. I don't know how they I do think, that. You know, I have this as well with with having our shop is trying to have artisan farmhouse cheese but then you will in australia and it's not just australia like if you look at things like cashel blue which is an irish farmhouse mm. blue you'll see that in marks and spencer you'll see that in waitrose i think yeah doesn't make it any less of a better cheese yeah 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 but i have that with like meredith as well there's a few key products in australia it's just a really good product yeah exactly and everyone should have it that's what i mean like <laughs> it stands out yeah. alone like it doesn't matter we'll, they, like they can sell it to anyone and mm. it's the brand still stays strong yeah. do you know what i mean you, I don't know you, that isn't easy you can you no know, people can be like oh like people might just look at that brand now yeah exactly yeah. but the don't it still stands strong in leo's or in mm. boccaccio's or in you know wherever it might be you know yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a smart that wasn't just by accident that was a, that, that's a smart move you know it really is um yeah, with meat you get free range, mm. which I know you're really, you're really passionate about free mm. range. Do you get that as well with with cheese and milk? I guess when you when you say the farmhouse, they do mm. it all in in them. So in obviously being from the UK, you kind of understand that in Australia our animals are outdoors all year round. Yeah, and in Europe, animals are indoors because it's so cold. Exactly, in the, in the barns. In and the that. barns. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not really spoken about. Of being grass-fed, grain-fed, because um, you're getting that with the. Sorry, went up. I didn't yeah. mean to there, but you're getting that with the butter these days. Have you seen grass-fed grass butter? And I, know, I think that I've no. I was about to say, I think that comes from. You'll start seeing some people now advertising things as grass-fed. Yeah, and I think that's with this. A lot of people, I mean, a lot more people are eating butter now. And I heard you on another podcast talking about the price of butter. Yeah, how it's just gone through the roof it's in crazy. the last eighteen months, um, which is mainly based on. People are walking away from margarine. Yeah. Just thank God. It's going to get banned. Great, going to ban it. Great. So everyone's yeah. moving back to butter, but also China, people want to eat butter, which is also... Is that where it's yeah. going, is it? Yeah, and the whole world is turning back to... Animal wanting fats. To, ...wanting to eat butter again. It has to be animal fats. So I don't think you would ever see... 
I think it's a marketing thing on some probably larger producers of butter. Yeah. And butter is definitely, I mean, in the last probably two or three years in Australia, even just the increase in new butter brands on the market. Yeah. I, I always have a little chuckle about this lady who only wanted organic things. And at the shop. At the shop. Yeah. She only wanted everything to be organic. And I was like, okay, so this is organic. And some people don't put it on their branding. Yeah, yeah. Because Beaufort Alpage is made in the French Alps in summer. Yeah, they yeah. They don't need to say that they're yeah, yeah. Organic, organic. But they don't put any pesticides on the French Alps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like, we're having to go to that now, aren't we? That's, yeah. that's, what, this, that's what you're saying, isn't it? Like, you yeah. have to almost like it's a give like it's not a given anymore that it's free range it's not a given that it's organic it's, yeah you know because there's so many that aren't you and know? she just wouldn't have it they only make this milk in summer when they herd the cattle up the alps to graze they yeah. make it in chalets without fire without <laughs> without electricity they make it over an open fire yeah this is like no, alpine yeah. fresh air. Like, yeah, these, yeah. these beautiful wildflowers, like, yeah, like no, the, didn't have organic the, on it, wouldn't have a bar of it. Ah, oh, it's crazy. But no, it? it's not really advertised. I mean, it's not in the cheese that I sell, it's not advertised. Yeah, but it's all when you're buying good quality. You know, it's it, you know, it's all ethical, and you know, like hmm. you say, they look after the animals, and yeah. then they take the milk. It's their livelihood, isn't it? At the end of the day, and a, yeah. And a lot of people can't actually afford the registration. Yeah, well, exactly. And all the things that come with it. That is so true, exactly. It's just not worth Especially it. Especially smaller production. When, when people are buying cheese, mm. what should they be looking for? Is there any tips that you think that, that people should be looking for? Yeah, I think you should buy less cheese more often. Less cheese more often, yeah. Which is like the French, how, yeah. they, how they would buy cheese. Um, so what you're saying is just grab 150 grams, 200 yeah. grams or whatever. Don't buy a massive chunk of cheese and eat it over the next month. <laughs> just buy a small bit. Um, buy cheese from a shop where you get to try the cheese. One of my probably number one picks. Never buy the cheese that's suffocated in cling film. Yeah. Kills me. Kills me. <laughs> and what is that doing? That Oh <laughs> It's sweating. Suffoc- it's sweating. Yeah. Um I went out on the road probably about two months ago now. I just wanted to check out what other retailers were doing. I went to fifteen different retailers around Melbourne from little cheese shops to bigger supermarkets to bigger retailers, fruit and veg shops. I just wanted to see what everyone else was doing and where you know where we were sitting in the market. And I was like really upset that night when I got home. I just had seen some of the worst looking cheese, like really good cheese that has just been cut and wrapped in cling film. Right at the last stage. Sitting there, sweating away. Like now I understand why people come to a shop and they're like, oh, we often buy that cheese in X shop, but it doesn't taste anywhere near as good as yours. I'm like, we cut to order. We wrap it in cheese paper for you to take home. It can breathe and be happy. It's not a piece of, like putting a piece of wash iron cheese in a bit of cling film where it can't breathe. Yeah, it's just yeah. hideous. It's just bad. So um, yes, don't buy cheese that's wrapped in cling film. Try the cheese and buy less cheese more often. More often. Yeah. Yeah. When people are looking to, to do that, like, because it's quite intimidating when you, you go to a cheese shop mm. and you're still there and say, how much do you want? You're like, oh, fucking hell. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. 500 gram? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah. no. if you're not used to it, for us, someone, like, I can pick 100 grams. Yeah, I know what 100 grams is. 50 grams. You know, I can just picture that or 250 grams. But if, if you're just your public and you deal with money every day and someone yep. says to you, how much do you want? Like, it's hard to pull out it a is. number. It is. So, what would you say a good, um, portion would be for something like a... Probably, I mean, 100 grams is 
probably like a normal And you would average, sell you would sell someone 100 piece. grams? Of, yeah. yeah. We would sell people less than that. One of the things that when I opened the shop that I was very firm about was selling small amounts of cheese to people because I used to shop for one or two people. You go to the market and ask for a small piece of feta and you come home with 253 <laughs> grams of feta. I'm, I'm making a Greek salad for like two people, yeah, not yeah. 20. And it's just, you know, food goes to waste. Definitely, 100%. Cheese is expensive. I just want people to come in and buy what you need. Um, we sell by putting the knife on the cheese. So and where, you can say, where? Bigger or smaller. Yeah. I don't mind if you come into the shop and buy 50 grams of cheese. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice to know. And we're a neighborhood cheese shop as well. Yeah. So people then you often can get... come in and just get three little bits of cheese because they're having a cheese board tonight. Yeah, nice. They'll be back next week. Yeah, exactly. And then at Christmas, they might get yep. 500 grams of each cheese Absolutely. or whatever. Another you know time what? they come in and they just buy bigger pieces. Yeah, exactly. Like one of my main things when we opened the shop was let's just not sell massive chunks of cheese because it's expensive and you need to eat it when it's in good condition. Exactly. In, in, that, in good condition. So are you tasting your cheese to know this is great to sell now. This yes. is this is yeah. eating well. People yeah. say that, don't they? Eat, you know, yeah. I've been. I was at um, Neil's yard in London, and the guy was like, "Oh, try this. It's eating so well." What does that mean? It's eating so well. Well, the thing with cheese, cheese is made every day. So yeah. comparing it to wine that's made once a year, so you'll know what a two thousand and five X wine will taste like. Cheese is made every day of the year. So one, you've got four different seasons that's going to affect the flavour of the cheese but you've also got who makes the cheese, how the animals were. So using like Gippsland for an example, right now they're probably knee deep in mud, whereas four months ago that was 40 degrees down there. Dry. Yeah, dry. Yeah. So the season is really going to affect the cheese. Um, and then the people who handle it. So like me banging on before about people wrapping cheese in cling film, that's really going to play an effect on how well a cheese tastes. Yeah. So, Cheeses batch to batch, week to week, will taste different. And then also who makes the cheese because we all have good and bad days. Yeah, And especially yeah, yeah. with like salt levels in cheese, a lot of blue cheeses are salted the outside of them. So you can just be a little bit more heavy handed with the yeah, salt sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens, of course. Yeah. So the main things, yeah, are often in the seasons, who makes the cheese and how it's stored um, will affect the outcome taste of the cheese. I still remembered having Roquefort when I worked at Sheridan's like 10 years ago. Well, it's longer than that now. Yeah. 10 or 15 years ago it tastes like pineapple it was out of this world mega it was just one rock for yeah yeah it's one time well you'd only know that if you're tasting it all the time do yeah. you know what I mean you just yeah. know that yeah and that's I mean that's the thing we get excited about in the shop is yeah you just open something like that is awesome yeah. like at the moment Gruyere Vieux which is an aged Swiss Gruyere has been absolutely amazing so do you, do you try and push that on not push Excellent. it in a, in a rude way but you no. can say look well our customers and- now kind of come in and a lot of our regular customers will ask for a res- recommendation. Yeah. So they're like, what do, you, what do you think I should have today? Yeah. So that's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, obviously it takes a while to build trust and to also know your customers. What, te- what they like. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah there's no point giving them like, all blue or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah like, exactly. Some customers like exactly what I like. Yeah. So they're always my easy ones. I'm like, you're going to love this, but try this. Yeah. Like, but we also sell cheese based on, so we carry cheese that is right to go now and right to go in, say, a week's time, because you might not <coughs> be local. You might be in town visiting, and I've got a dinner party next Saturday. Yeah. What should I have? Well, definitely don't have this camembert because it's 
this is good for this weekend. Yeah. So we have a selection of cheeses that are at different age points to suit different customers' needs. Some people wouldn't. Some people don't trust you. Like probably my parents would be like, "Oh, she's just trying to get rid of it." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, what would you recommend? Oh, this is great because I've got loads of this out the back. <laughs> I need to get you know. But it's not like that, is it? No. It, it? Maybe sometimes there's something, and that's just business. You've got to push some things yeah. through because you've overordered or you got someone let you down or whatever. Definitely. But nine nine times out of hundred, you're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the weather can change things as well. What's happening? Where you so are, all of a sudden, right? Okay. If it's really cold, we sell lots of like um, lots of blue cheese and lots of cheeses with a lot heavier flavour. So yeah. probably like your cheddar and wash rind cheeses, and then have a sunny day, and everyone wants like triple creams and kind of flavoured. I guess like beer. Yeah. You know, you want a stout porter mm. in the winter, and you want pilsner and, and, and yeah. And so pale you might be the next week. Oh, we've got a fair few of those camembert there. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, <laughs> definitely. I want to know. There's a, there's always a debate. Well, mm. in, where where we're from is, who does better cheese, England or France? Oh, yeah. Well, after speaking with Neil's Yard Dairy in London, they export a lot of cheese into France now. Do they? They wouldn't have done ten years ago. The French wouldn't have bought it. No, and we were at a restaurant in Lyon years ago and ordered the cheese course. It was a Michelin star restaurant. I should remember which one we're at, but this cheese trolley came out with like. 50 cheeses to choose and Ian goes and chooses Stilton and I'm like so I like I picked Ian's like, your partner right Ian, sorry yeah, Ian yeah. is my partner yes yeah. um, so I picked like my four cheeses that I was having from his selection of about 50 and he was about to pick his and I was like Stilton what are you doing what are you ordering Stilton for in Leon like best Stilton you that he'd ever had in his life <laughs> I love the Stilton I yeah. love the Stilton um I would say oh, it's really hard because there's a lot of really good small production British cheese now. Like British cheese has been revived. Mm. And I feel like France might be going in the opposite direction. Like Normandy Camembert, raw milk Camembert is on the brink of not being made anymore. Really? Yeah. Extinction. Extinction. Yeah. Um, mountain cheeses, like what I was saying before, that are made up in the chalets in the Alps in summer, that next generation of people. Can't be bothered. They don't, they don't want to be up on a mountain without any Wi-Fi. Like. Yeah. So I think as far as there's some really good cheeses coming out of the UK, mm. there's some classic cheese that is made in Europe, in, in France. The classics are always going to be the classics, aren't they? Yeah. When, when should you eat cheese? Is it... All day. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I've said here, when should you eat cheese? Except always. Um, before dessert or after dessert? I like it after because I'm after you're after yeah I'm after because I just think you can just sit there and relax that, then exactly. have another drink and the cream isn't going to melt or the yeah. th- you know yeah. whatever it might be it's kind be. of like the full stop yeah you can keep going yeah yeah exactly you can drink a little bit more you know yeah. you have, you, there's more to drink off the back of that I totally agree but I think the actual proper way is before dessert I think so because you go savoury savoury sweet yeah or in Australia you just have it before yeah before everything <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever <laughs> you want how can people learn more about cheese Eating it, that's eating more cheese. Yeah. yeah, and that's how I really got into cheese was yeah. just eating, trialing new things, reading about it. I mean, 
there's a whole lot on the internet now. You don't have to get a book like I did and, yeah. and mark them off as you go. Do you do any masterclasses or do you? We do, do masterclasses. You with do? The, yeah, with the Prince Wine Store, but they've just we've just got a new owner of the wine shop, so we haven't got any booked in until he kind of finds his feet. But and we, what happens in that? We do a class where we do six wines and six cheeses, um, and we go more through like classic matches. So we start off with champagne and triple cream. Yeah. Um, we do a Loire Valley goat's cheese and white wine from the Loire. Um, Normandy Camembert and cider. Yeah. Then we do Epoise from Burgundy with Burgundy. And then the last few we kind of swap and change a bit, but we mainly do Pangana Australian cheddar. Um, and that's often with Cabernet. That's Tasmania? Yeah. 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 And, and that's then, with, sorry, Angel And then we finish with Stilton oh. <laughs> and a fortified of some yeah, description. Nice. But it's pretty relaxed. We just, it's a bit about knowing a little bit about more about wine and cheese and matching cheese. It's nothing too too serious but um our website has cheese notes on all the products that we have mm. online each week so yeah. it's a you know it's a little note that you can pull down and it's got the history and some flavor Beautiful. information on it and you also do the cheese for restaurants and and, yeah. and uh, what? yeah we do a bunch of um wholesale small mainly small wine bars yeah um that we sell cheese to each week and then we also do dinner by Heston so we kind of have oh, nice. one extreme like local yeah. wine bars and some other high-end restaurants as well. And what, will they, will you work with the chef or the mm-hmm. owner and and what's what eating well at the moment what, that kind of eating yeah, well at the yeah. moment yeah we do so we don't actually supply a product list as such it's yeah. more based on what we think is looking good each week or based on what you might have on so yeah. if you've got Mother's Day around the corner. It was all like triple cream and you know what's going to sell. Um, some restaurants like to have the same thing on for like three weeks or a month so that their staff are all over it. Biggest irks in life is going into a restaurant and asking what the cheese is, and you get the same answer. It's a hard cheese, a cheddar, a blue, and a soft, and it just drives me crazy because yeah. you know what the specials are, you know what the wines by the glass are. Why can't you remember the Final cheese? hurdle. Isn't it? It's Final. the end. Yeah. Like, absolutely drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the places that we supply with cheese and cheese notes have that. But Do yeah. you help with training? Is that something that you yes, offer? We do. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. nice. And the same as, it's, it works the same as how we like people to shop at the shop. We send what you need each week. So some of our small wine bars take like 500 grams a week. Of, yeah. each, of each of the cheeses. Yeah, yeah. Others will take two kilos because they go through more. But yeah. I don't want you to be sitting on three kilos of Stilton and taking you a month to get through it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Small and often, isn't yeah. it, like you say? Yeah. yeah. And what um, and what the chefs, I just want to get this down exactly. Mm. Like The chefs will call you and say, I like this or I tried this or, you know, I had this such and such or whatever, you know, because that's how chefs work. I tried yeah. this cheese when I was traveling such and such. Have yeah. you got anything similar to that? And then you'll just work. So you won't put the same cheese board in every place. No. You know what I mean? Like no. some people might think, hang on a minute, is she going to just go send everyone there? You know what I mean? Because that's what people And we might, do have a few in the same neighborhood. So I, I definitely make sure that, yeah. we're, that we're not doing that. Especially yeah. when yeah, in a couple of, in one street, there's a few people that we look yeah. after. So you don't want the locals going and having the same cheese exactly. at each bar. And, um, but most people either email, some people we chat to on the phone or send a message and just say, this week we need blah, blah, and blah. Yeah. And then I'll say, how about this? How about this, this, or this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because sometimes you might not have, well, you have, you might not have that, you know. Yeah, well, that's it. Sometimes, yeah. but if you've got something on a menu, we tend to, mm. you know, if you make say sure I want Montgomery's it. on for all of August, yeah. I'll make sure that you've got Montgomery's for yeah. all of August. Because at Rockpool, we would we would 
change it. It was quite a big deal changing the, the, the team. I think it is for a lot of people. Well, because yeah. we've got, you know, you've got frigging 40 front of house staff yeah. that all have got to know the cheese. Yeah. To train all them every, you know, once a week. It's just Because I'd imagine they'd know what the cheeses are if you asked yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, well, you'd like to think, <laughs> definitely the chef de rangs are definitely not, yeah. you know. And there's still like, you know, senior guys with section waiters and that, which they mm. call them. They still got to know them inside out and yeah. know the story, the origin, the whole, you know, the whole cave, the whole, yeah. like what you're talking about, to sell that cheese and not even to try and sell it, just a level of service mm. that you need to have, at yeah. that, you know, um, and to train the staff to that, you just can't be changing it every five minutes. That's it, yeah. So like I say, I'm just, you know, echoing what you're saying, that you've got to have that stock in mm. if they're going to commit to a yeah. month or six weeks or whatever yeah. it is. And like you say, different seasons, will you know... Obviously, there's four seasons, but we, you know, Cannonball always eats better in January, February, March, and such yeah. and such only eats better. You know what I mean? Like, so, like right now, European goat's cheese is tasting really good at the moment. Yeah. Australian is about to go, which is kind of good that we have a northern and southern so, hemisphere. hemisphere. Yeah. So we're about to go into winter when goat and sheep are not producing much milk. The quality of the milk's not quite as good. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's good here because we have like yeah the flip side. Summer's definitely better. For, yes. for milk. Yeah. Is that because, this might sound really crazy, is that because they normally when we're having calves and, and things like that? Is all that of the, those things, yeah. Is it all of Yeah, the, and yeah, like yeah. the new spring Better grass, and, yeah. fresh grass, yeah. all the shit. Yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. Okay, in the shop you also do, so you do food service, which is, you know, to all the wholesale, the wholesale yes. and then you do an, an online, so you've got an online, an online store, store as and well. a subscription. And the subscription. Yeah, yes. tell us a little bit about them. So, when we first opened the shop, we were probably 18, two years. I thought it was going to take no time at all to launch an online shop. Yeah. <laughs> Which we're thinking. Yeah. It takes a lot of time to actually write about a cheese that people can't taste and to also have the right availability of cheese and photos and everything else and work with a web designer. So we have, yeah, we finally launched our online shop. So we ship to Melbourne, like Geelong, Ballarat, Bendigo, Yarra Valley, Mornington Peninsula, Bellarine Peninsula. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. There's going to be all these people who live nowhere near a cheese shop and we'll get all these orders from like regional Victoria. Quite funnily, most people who order are within 5Ks of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> they just come and pick it up. <laughs> well, we offer, we offer click and collect, yeah. um, which is still not a big thing in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Click and collect service. Yeah. Um, but we also do free local delivery. Oh, on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, so I think it's one of those things, like a lot of customers are like, oh no, but we love to come to the shop and try the cheese. But then there's other occasions where they're just like, we've just got so much on this week, Too can we just do. deliver? Or can we just come yeah. pick that up? Um, but in saying that, we do have a couple of regional customers that order like every two weeks. I love it. It's yeah, great. yeah. So your dream was made. Yeah. It was. It was like, <laughs> we put a bunch of new products on last week and one customer, he ordered all of them. I was like, yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> he noticed all the new things. And then the subscription, how does that so work? So subscription, we do a monthly um, cheese box that goes out on the last Thursday of the month. Yeah. So we pick, um, it's usually four cheeses. So um, soft, hard, blue, and then usually like a surprise. Yeah, okay. something different um, we do it in two sizes so one to two people and then like a three to four person box comes out um, so you've got the we, when we started it we were keeping it all as a bit of a surprise like, yeah. and then we realised people actually wanted Wanna to know, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. great for you it's, know, like, like, it's Christmas day yeah, it's your birthday <laughs> then we're like okay so at the start of the month we need to write the notes on it, do the photos for it put it on the website 
email our customers about it, pop it on social media. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so many pe- more people buy when they know what they're getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, yeah, you can only do what you think at the beginning, can't you? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So we offer a one, three, six, or 12 month. Yeah. Um, we find it quite a few people one month and then come back and get three or six. Yeah. We're getting quite a few people buying it as a wedding present. It's well. a great present. Yeah. It's an absolute great present. Christmas, you know, wedding. Yeah. And definitely, it's a great present. And it's just good to know that you've got cheese in your fridge. Yeah. I, I know it's good. Yeah, it is, you're right. And you, definitely. It's, it, it, all them subscription things are, are, are great presents. Because mm. something you probably, you might not buy yourself, really. You're like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? But if someone buys you, you're like, oh, that's a great present. Yeah. I love that as a present. We had um, a couple who, an elderly couple, and they were both blind. Oh. And their um, son and daughter bought it for them as a present and a reader that they can put notes through so they were putting the cheese notes through it eating the cheese and oh, having the notes read to them and fantastic. I was like it's the best thing that they've yeah, had that's fantastic. Years. I'm like that's so nice I was like changing people's lives man. yeah changing people's lives mm. I want to shout say some countries mm. Ooh. and um, I just want, I want you to give us a cheese that, um, first, com- cheese. first cheese that comes okay. to mind exactly England cheddar Ireland cashel blue France Comte Germany Breakfast cheese. <laughs> Kransky. Uh, <laughs> what does Schultz make? Quark. Yeah, quark. Quark. Netherlands. Gouda. America. Rogue Creamery. Blue. I look. I didn't realise America is starting to make some great oh, yeah. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. They have some really good artisan cheeses. We yeah. have a couple in the shop. I, I try not to have too many American in there at one time. Yeah, like, yeah. So many American cheeses, but they have. Um, Unlike here, you actually have to study to be a cheesemaker. You don't just go and buy 30 goats and 20 acres out the road. And yeah, where you go. Yeah, where you go. <laughs> um, but no, they have some really good cheese. Farmstead, they call it. Is that what, what, farmhouse. What do they call it? Farmstead. Oh, is it? Made on the farm. So yeah. Okay. Um, Uplands are in Wisconsin. We had those guys out here earlier in the year. They only make cheese between May and October. Um, if it's too, they make a raw milk cheese, which is made in like a um, mountain style, Gruyere style. If it's too hot, they don't make cheese. Like, oh, they're wow. totally onto it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I didn't realise that. You know, a yeah. bit igno- ignorant to it. Um, but, yeah, Rogue Creamery, they're in Oregon. They make amazing blues. Uh, Greece. Feta. Australia. Meredith. Meredith. <laughs> Good on you. I it, probably get in trouble for not saying King Island, but... Uh. <laughs> Italy. Mm, mozzarella. Well, got it, yeah. Or Parmesan, I guess, isn't it? Spain. Manchego. Manchego, yeah. I love Manchego. <laughs> and then I'm going to finish off. Quick fire. Mm. Hard or soft? Hard. Stilton or Rockfort? Stilton. Colston Bassett. <laughs> <laughs> Brie or Camembert? Camembert. Yeah, me too. Me it's too. It's stinkier. It's way, yeah, way better. Uh, cheese slice or cheese string? <laughs> Neither. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're rough, aren't they? They're totally rough. Where can people find? Do you want to give you a address of the shop yeah, where so it is? We're, um, we're on Albion Street in Essendon. Yeah. Which is not really Essendon. It's more like the border of Mini Ponds and West Brunswick. Yeah. Um, online, we're harperandbloom.com. Just.com. Sorry. Online, we're harperandbloom. Dot com, um, and then social media. We're also Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Harper and Bloom. Farmers markets. Farmers markets every weekend now. Yeah. yeah. So Friday, and Saturdays. Um, there's a link on our website to where we are each month. And maybe some uh, takeovers, sandwich takeovers. Ta- sandwich takeovers. Who knows? Yeah. yeah it could be. You could find you anywhere for sure. Well, thank you very much for You're doing welcome. this. I really appreciate thank it. Thanks you. for your time. Awesome. You're welcome. What's up? If you enjoyed the show, please share with friends or give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app. 
And until next week, have a good one.